In 2007, TV network CBS dropped 40 kids in the middle of the New Mexico desert as part of a brand new reality show. These kids would have to build their own society from scratch. And if this sounds like Lord of the Flies to you, well, it was meant to. We were on this mission together. We were going to prove to the world that we could make a better society than adults could. I'm Josh Gwynn, and I want to know what this wild TV experiment was really about. Split Screen, Kid Nation, a six-part podcast from CBC. Available now. You're listening to a Frequency Podcast Network production in association with City News. If you've been fortunate enough not to have cystic fibrosis touch your life or the lives of your loved ones, then your main exposure to what it does to those who have it probably comes from a public service announcement. Cystic fibrosis fills your lungs with fluid, makes every breath a struggle. It's like drowning on the inside. I have remembered the phrase, drowning on the inside, since I first heard it more than a decade ago. It is terrifyingly evocative. And if you speak to people who live with the disease... They say it's accurate. That is, until quite recently, for some of them. Recent breakthroughs have led to a new drug that patients call a game changer. This drug was approved in the United States more than two years ago. It was approved in Canada last June. And it's taken longer than that to be approved by various provinces and territories. So, what is this drug? How does it work? What does it feel like to cystic fibrosis patients who have literally been waiting their entire lives for a drug like this? And what does the long fight to bring it to Canada reveal about our healthcare system and about how it might be changing? I'm Jordan Heath Rawlings. This is The Big Story. Jeremy Saunders is an award-winning actor-producer. He is the host of several popular Canadian media projects, including, for the purposes of this discussion today, an exceptional podcast called Sick Boy. Hi, Jeremy. Hello, Jordan. How are you doing today? I'm doing really well. Thanks so much for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. If you don't mind, uh, for people, first of all, who don't have experience with it, and I'm sure you've explained this uh, millions of times, what is cystic fibrosis and and what's it like living with it in general? And I know that obviously it can be different for different people. Yeah. Uh, so first of all, thanks for bringing that point up. Uh, cystic fibrosis is um, it's a complicated disease, uh, to, to put it mildly, um, and it is very different for everyone who has it. So, um, you know, my case of cystic fibrosis could look completely different from uh, the, the next person's case. Essentially, cystic fibrosis is the, it's the most common uh, fatal genetic disease affecting Canadians. Um, and currently, there is no cure. And in layman's terms, now let me just put this out there. I'm not a doctor nor a scientist or researcher. So, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna right. to dumb this down as best as I can. Uh, but basically, CF uh, it affects multiple organs in the body. And primarily, it, it's affecting my digestive system and my lungs. And um, what that looks like uh, is, is a series of complications. So I've, I have a difficulty in digesting fats and proteins. 
Um, I deal with malnutrition and, and vitamin deficiencies because of this inability to absorb nutrients. And then when it comes to the lungs, um, there's, there's a progressive lung damage that happens from um, you know, chronic infections, um, uh, constant inflammation within the lungs. Um, and then some people with CF, not myself, but some people also uh, deal with CF-related diabetes. Um, and it's also really common with people with cystic fibrosis to deal with a lot of uh, sinus issues, sinus infections, sinus polyps, things like that. On average, uh, a person living with cystic fibrosis spends the equivalent of about four months of full-time work doing life-sustaining treatments every single year. Um, and so, yeah, it's a, it's a disease that I was born with. So, you know, I was, I was born in 1988. I was diagnosed at 18 months old and it's something that I've lived with my entire life. It's, it's all I've ever known. Um, and it's, it's definitely been a challenge, uh, you know, over the 34 years that I've, I've lived with it. First of all, thank you for sharing all that. And I think it's, it's really important that we understand, um, how this disease can affect people differently. But in general, when you mention it's the most common um, genetic disease Canadians live with, how many Canadians are, are we talking about here? And I guess one of the things that I want to kind of set the table with before we talk about uh, the new treatment, which is why we're here today, mm -hmm. is, you know, what kind of support have they gotten from healthcare systems across the country? And and, you know, as we look at the numbers today, how has that changed during the pandemic? Because I imagine it can't be good. Yeah. So uh, cystic fibrosis is considered a rare disease. Um, I believe the stat in Canada is that there's currently just over 4,300 Canadians living with cystic fibrosis. Um, and when it comes to support, I think the, the best way to put that is it, it sort of depends on where you live in the country. Right. So I live in Halifax, Nova Scotia. Um, I've pretty much lived here the majority of my life. And Nova Scotia has actually done a really fantastic job in supporting those with living with cystic fibrosis. When it comes to the medications that uh, I require day in, day out, Nova Scotia pretty much covers every single medication that I need. Um, and, you know, I take uh, upwards of 40 pills a day. So there's quite a vast array of treatments that are necessary for me to get through the day. You know, when I mentioned that those, those life-sustaining treatments, those include um, daily nebulizers. So taking liquid medicine, things like Ventolin and, and hypertonic saline and putting those in a little machine that turns it into um, uh, essentially vapor and I breathe it into my lungs. Uh, the pills that I take, for example, I take oral enzymes every single time I eat because of that malnutrition, because I can't break down the foods properly. Right. Um, there's, there's a whole list of other medications that I take on a daily basis just to kind of like get myself through. Um, and luckily living in Nova Scotia, all of those medications are covered. And that's a huge, that's been a huge support. Um, Nova Scotia has done a really great job at doing that. Some provinces uh, don't cover all those meds. An example would be I, I moved to British Columbia for, uh, for about a year, maybe five, six years ago. And when I got there, uh, unbeknownst to me, not all my meds were going to be covered. And so I went from paying $0 a year uh, to looking at paying upwards of you know, 10 grand a year wow. just to get some of the meds that I need. When it comes to the pandemic, uh, I mean, although my, uh, my immune system is fine, I'm not 
technically immunocompromised. Uh, living with a chronic lung disease does present me with a little bit of a higher risk factor when it comes to uh, uh, COVID. Of course. I mean, I, I've just had to, to be extraordinarily cautious over, over the last, oh my gosh, the time. Two like, years. Are we two years? Two years already? <laughs> um, so yeah, it, it's, it's, uh, it's one of those things where I just had to be really extra cautious um, and, and kind of live the same way that a lot of us are living, which is just day to day doing what I can to ensure that I'm not putting myself at risk. Um, and you know, fingers crossed so far, so good. I I've, I've dodged COVID all those memes coming out of what it looks like when we're the, the people who haven't caught COVID yet. That is me. Right. The super Mario level with all the fire sticks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's me. I'm, I'm Mario just jumping through all those fire sticks. Um, and hopefully, uh, hopefully I don't get burnt anytime soon. In terms of treatments, uh, you've described some of them already, but I guess what I'm trying to get a sense of is what has been traditionally available in Canada and how much do those treatments impact quality of life for people who live with CF in the past before we get to the new stuff? Yeah, so so it's really interesting. Um, since I was born up until today, um, I've been essentially doing the exact same treatments as long as I can remember. So those nebulizers twice a day, I've been doing that since I was a child. Uh, the, the medicines that I take through the nebulizer have, have shifted over the years a little bit. Uh, the medications that I take, so the oral enzymes, the, the vitamins, the um, you know, medications to reduce inflammation in, in the sinuses, those are also medications that I've been taking pretty much my entire life. And not much has changed in terms of the types of medications that um, I've been receiving or that we as you know, folks living with cystic fibrosis have been receiving. Recently, there has been a, a sort of an advancement in the, the world of treatment when it comes to cystic fibrosis with these, these genetic modulating uh, medications. And, and the one that we're talking about today is Trikafta. This has been kind of like a, a total game changer, like a miracle drug that has, that has changed the lives of, of a lot of people living with CF today. And this drug, Trikafta, and a couple of others that are similar to Trikafta, but only treating a, a smaller percentage of people with cystic fibrosis, ones like Orcambi, uh, those came out a, a few years back. But this one, Trikafta, is actually targeting uh, the vast majority of the people who live with cystic fibrosis, who live with a spe specific gene mutation, the Delta F508 mutation, which is the more common mutation amongst people living with cystic fibrosis and happens to be the one that I live with as well. I'm going to ask you a question appreciating, as you said at the beginning of this interview, that you're going to explain complicated things in layman's terms. So I'm not expecting, I'm not expecting a scientific answer, but just given uh, the kind of discussion that that happens in the medical community now, or I shouldn't say in the medical community, but happens around medical advancements, particularly with COVID vaccines. Uh, to hear you use the term genetic modulators, my honest question is, what does that mean? What do they do? I wish I could explain. I wish I could explain it to you. Uh, <laughs> you know, what? I think I, I think I can. I think I can explain it to the best of my ability. So, like I said earlier, cystic fibrosis is a genetic disease, right? So what's happening in my body is that I have a gene mutation. And because I was born with this gene mutation, 
that mutation is affecting one particular protein in my body. And this protein is known as the CFTR protein. So that protein has a very important job. Um, its job is to move chloride or salt through the cell lining of my body. So because that protein is all messed up because of the mutation, chloride, so it's essentially salt, becomes trapped within the cells of my body. And so without the proper movement of that salt, um, water can't hydrate the cell surface in my body. This is the reason that my body is full of thick, sticky mucus because my cells can't be hydrated. And that thick mucus is the cause of all of my problems. It's the reason why my lungs are this breeding ground for bacteria. It's the reason why my body can't produce the enzymes needed to break down food. So that's a huge issue, this, this filling of mucus within my body. So what Trikafta does is it doesn't actually fix the gene mutation. Okay. So that mutation is going to stick with me right. until there's a cure. But what it does do, Trikafta goes in and it, it treats that protein that's all messed up. So Trikafta goes in, bonds to that protein, and folds it in a way where it can actually do its job, which is to flush out that chloride, flush out those, those cells, allowing the mucus to freely travel through my body the way that it should. And so in turn, it allows my, my, my cell lining to be, to be hydrated, and then I can get that mucus out, and it's no longer causing the problems that it, that it would cause. So it's, it's not a cure, but it's, it's kind of the next best thing. The, the way that it was put to me that made a lot of sense was that Trikafta isn't treating um, the symptoms of the disease, but it's treating at the source. Whereas the nebulizers, the enzymes, the, the, you know, the 40 pills a day, mm -hmm. that isn't doing anything at the source, but it's, it's treating or managing the symptoms as best as they can. Whereas Trikafta is going in and it's going, all right, we're going we're gonna to treat just the, 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 the base of where all these symptoms are coming from in order to you know, produce benefits. That was a great explanation. And I've been talking to scientists about diseases and what they do for way too long now over the past couple of years, so I can appreciate it. Well, um, I, I'll take that as a compliment. Thank you. Um, in terms of it being a game changer and, and transformational, I mean, you've done a great job explaining uh, what it's doing. Uh, what kind of results does it get? And I guess maybe first in, in the general spectrum and, you know, what the research says, but also uh, you're taking it, right? Tell, yeah. me about, tell me about what it's done to your quality of life. Oh, it, uh, honestly, it's, it's, um, it's one of those things that's hard to explain because it's so profound that um, you, you have to experience it to, to really know. So a, a quick little anecdote. Um, a friend of mine, Stefan, uh, he had access to Trikafta a little bit before I did. And I remember asking him, hey, how does it feel? Um, you know, how are you feeling these days? And, and he, he responded by saying, I don't think I could explain to you exactly how it feels because it's, it's beyond anything I've ever known. Hmm. And so it wasn't until I took it that I, I kind of understood what he was talking about. Maybe the, the previous six months of, uh, before I got my hands on Trikafta, about four, 
three, four, maybe even five days a week, I would uh, cough so much to the point of, of vomiting. Oof. There's so much mucus in my body. It's so thick. It's so heavy that um, breathing at night would be, would be troublesome, uh, coughing so much that I'm, I'm throwing up. I would get daily, daily sinus headaches um, that would, if I, if I didn't like take a, an Advil you know, before 12 o'clock every single day, um, it would lead to like migraine status pain in the sinuses. The first two days of taking Trikafta, the coughing was next to nothing. There, I, I was no longer coughing. Uh, since, I took, since I've been taking Trikafta, and it's only been a month and a half now, I haven't had a single sinus headache. And the thing that, that really blew my mind was... Um, I, I would get winded just from taking my dog for a walk. Mm-hmm. Um, it didn't matter if I was walking flat ground. I mean, if I was walking any kind of incline, and I mean any, like even the, 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 the slightest incline, I would get fully winded. And um, I remember it was, it was probably the third or fourth day I was on Trikafta, and I took my dog for a walk, and I, I decided to walk up Citadel Hill. And here in Halifax, Citadel Hill is, you know, it's smack dab in the middle of the city. It's quite a steep incline. And I got to the top of the hill, and I paused for a moment. I went, whoa, I'm, I'm not out of breath at all. Wow. And that was kind of like the light bulb moment of like, oh, wow, this is, this is, really, this is really cool. But the, the thing that I think has, has transformed the most for me um, in taking the drug is that I'm no longer thinking about cystic fibrosis on a daily basis. Right. It, it's, it's almost like I've, I've forgotten that I have it. Whereas, whereas for the last 33 and a half years or 33 years, I've, I've, um, I, it's always on the back of my mind. Even when I'm not thinking about it, it's there. Subconsciously, it's there. And to say it's been life-changing, it doesn't do it justice. Wow. Well, first of all, I mean, I'm so happy for you. That sounds, uh, sounds fantastic. Thank you. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> And then second of all, you know, this is why we're talking today. This sounds like a wonder drug. Um, I believe it is now being approved by Health Canada. That came uh, a little while ago. But is it still available to everybody who needs it in Canada? And and why not? And why did it take so long, for instance, for you to get it? Yeah, so <clears throat> Trikafta was approved in the United States uh, in October of 2019. Um, it was also approved uh, around that time in uh, the UK and, and a couple of other countries. It wasn't approved in Canada until June of 2021. And then even after it was approved, it had to go through uh, several other hoops in order to get to the provinces that need it. Um, so it was approved here in Nova Scotia uh, in October of 2021. And then I got my hands on it maybe about a month after that. There was quite a fight to get the drug here in Canada, to get the drug approved. Um, Tell me about that fight. First of all, why was it quite a fight when it had clearly been proven by pretty competent uh, medical associations in other countries? You know what? This is the, this is the, uh, this is the million dollar question. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I couldn't tell you. Although it took what felt like forever, um, it was it was pushed through um, pretty quickly um, in terms of of how fast drugs are typically approved. But even then, it it just felt like forever. And there was 
there was a massive um a massive gathering of people that really came together to make their voices heard. Um, CF Get Loud is is an advocacy group that that really um, were at the helm of that, and they did a wonderful job of hounding the system that we have to to push this forward. Um, but it really did take a lot of work. You know, it, it's it's interesting to me how this all happened around the same time of of or within the the pandemic. Right? Mm-hmm. It's not like this drug wasn't necessary for people living with cystic fibrosis. I mean, I, I, I can't even begin to tell you the amount of people that passed away hmm. in the time that it took for Trikafta to be approved and, 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 and given out to the patients across Canada that, that needed it. You know, people, were, people are dying of cystic fibrosis. It's a fatal genetic disease. Um, and it's it's also a drug that, you know, if you are in end stage cystic fibrosis, you know, your lung function is at 20 percent and you're really not doing OK. If you get that drug at that point in your life, it could completely reverse um, that situation. You know, it, it could add so many more years to your life. Wow. So it it's most certainly an important drug, but still it had to go through these hoops that for whatever reason, our our you know, medical system has, has put into place. And I am thankful that, that we, we did get it. To be honest with you, I thought it would take longer. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm a bit of a pessimist when it comes to those sorts of things. So when it was approved in the U S I was looking at, you know, hope maybe we'll get it in five years from now. Um, because things are just so slow to move and shift, uh, in, in the healthcare system, especially here in Canada. Is it everywhere in Canada now? Are there still provinces that have yet to approve it? Yeah. So as of right now, uh, Trikafta is is currently approved in all of the provinces and and the territories as well, which is fantastic. Great. Once once on, I, I believe Ontario or Quebec were the first provinces to to approve it and to get that ball rolling. And once that happened, it was like every few days, bam, another province, another province, another province. Um, I believe Nova Scotia was the last province to to kind of step into that. Now, again, <clears throat> depending on which province you're in, um, it, it may be different in terms of what that coverage looks like. So in Nova Scotia, it is fully covered, which I'm so grateful for. The, the price tag of this drug is it's comical, you know the the uh, it's it's twenty five thousand dollars a month. Holy crap! Uh, Three hundred thousand dollars a year uh, for for this drug. So it's it's you know the the price tag is it, really it it seems like something out of a out of an Onion article. Thankfully, uh, Nova Scotia did the right thing and and they've decided to cover the drugs for the people that need it. The last thing I want to ask you is. You know, it's interesting that you mentioned your initial thought was was really cynical that it would take almost five years uh, to get here. And I guess what I'm trying to understand is if the pandemic has kind of changed the paradigm for this in Canada, because certainly this wouldn't be the only drug that in the past would have been approved in other countries long before it got here. And, you know, do you think that this has set a precedent um, for other technologies, other new drugs that that hopefully get to the people like yourself who need them quicker. That's somewhere where I, I, I feel a little less pessimistic. I, I do feel quite optimistic about how Trikafta could potentially set a precedent for granting access to drugs, especially in the realm of rare diseases, um, where, where beforehand maybe, maybe there would have been a little bit more red tape to go through. Um, you know, one of the things to keep in mind here is that 
the access to Tricaftan, not only is it is it going to benefit someone like myself in terms of extending my my life expectancy, but it's it's also going to benefit the healthcare system at, as a whole because it is reducing the amount of time that I need to spend immersed in the healthcare system, right? Receiving care, receiving treatment, which in turn reduces the cost associated with living with cystic fibrosis. Makes sense. So, you know, it 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 takes a, a bit of the burden away from what how much I cost as a human to to be entrenched in the in the healthcare system. And so if if that's the thing that comes out of this, then my hope is that you know, our government, uh the the systems that play in our government when it comes to our healthcare system are going to see the benefits that come with providing these life altering life-changing drugs to the people that need it not only to help them but also to just relieve some of the burden that we unfortunately bear on the healthcare system as a whole jeremy thank you so much for explaining this to us and uh and again i'm so glad uh that you're on this and that it's making a real difference thank you so much jordan this has been a real pleasure jeremy saunders host of sick boy a podcast you really should check out That was The Big Story. For more from us, as always, head to thebigstorypodcast.ca to find all of our episodes. Find us on Twitter at TheBigStoryFPN to complain about them. And write us an email at TheBigStoryPodcast, all one word, all lowercase, at rci.rogers.com. This podcast is available in every podcast player. It is especially available in the podcast players that allow you to rate and share podcasts. That's where I'd like you to listen to it, because I'd like you to rate and share because I'm vain like that. Thanks for listening. I'm Jordan Heath-Rawlings. We'll talk tomorrow.